to see like, okay, so they actually found the product in, like in public. Oh, they launched it. Oh, this product is making money. And then I divert those sales to Amazon. So I'm not as much of a slave to PPC on Amazon. I feel like as most people creating content, premium domains, those things have price tags. And I feel if you, if you skip them, that's okay, but you wind up paying a lot more. But when you're creating a content site, you want every single article you put out there. What kind of content do you think people are supposed to release about their products? And then when I moved to United States, I was like, oh, damn, I don't have trust here. I have to build it again. I have found somebody that would like drive me 45 minutes to my place. That doesn't happen in a lot of spots in the US. Hello guys, and again, we are here with Isabella Reitz and Amazon Made Simple Podcast, and today I have a very special guest that I, I've seen him everywhere, like generally speaking, where I'm going to like the big events, I see this man, but I was always so scared to stop by and in person say hi, so I decided to reach out to him via email and some messages via Telegram, and invite Carlos Alvarez to my podcast. It's the simple way to meet each other because now everything is virtually and everything we're doing with you is the e-commerce, which is the business online. This is why we all are here. Carlos, thank you so much for joining me today and welcome What's to- up? Yeah, what's up? <laughs> uh, how is Miami going? Are you there right now? Yes, I'm in Miami. First, huge thank you for having me on the show. Um, I've yeah. also been a fan and I think also too intimidated to approach. So I'm glad you sent the the email for us to connect. I am in Miami, Florida, and it is a very chilly, cold 95 degrees. <laughs> oh my gosh, I will be freezing probably there. That's why I'm moving out from Virginia in the month uh, to Florida. So I will be freezing there as well in probably 104 degrees in July and August, because this is how Orlando behaving at this time of the year. Uh, I'm excited so, to be here. Yeah. And I am uh, one of the stops that I'm going to make is uh, the Wizards of Amazon office. I really, really hope that we can coordinate a date for you to come down here. I'd love, I mean, I would love for you to come down to Miami um, and just hang out and meet everybody. But if I could take advantage of the fact that you're coming down to present uh, to my community, that would be even greater for me. I will be super happy to do that. And uh, I will let you know uh, as soon as I will reach my destination, <laughs> which probably is coming soon. And today I heard that you are launching the new brand. And if I'm not mistaken, you're not just a big seller on Amazon, you're a huge seller on Amazon. So people are learning from you a lot because it's not like even seven figure seller and not eight, you're selling for nine figures, which is like super scary uh, for a lot of people. Uh, and at this point, is it true that you're launching something new like FishDog? Uh, I am. I So last year, what was my last year as a that I could say nine figures because I exited three brands um, in a roll up at the beginning of this year. So now I am a lowly eight figure seller for this year. 
Um, I, I think we'll we'll do in the high eight figures. But one of the things I wanted that brand that I have now is a, is a live insect brand. So it's it's very different from what we normally think of when we think of e-commerce products. So I have the itch to to launch stuff and and to keep selling online. And it's where, you know, most of my, almost all of my, my revenues come from. So one thing I wanted to do different this time is all of my other brands, with the exception of the Live Insect one, it's always been very, like, like most people, it's like this very secretive, you know, we just talk about the category, but not the product or the brand within private label, but I wanted to do it differently and sort of work in public and be able to. I think you're doing something similar if I, if I, if I remember reading this correctly, but I plan on launching something publicly and letting everyone take part in the, um, the, the up, the wins and the losses. So I know. Look at you searching stuff and being aware of everything. Yeah. We're uh, launching one product that we want uh, people be aware that Amazon is possible, especially for people who are scared to launch their business on Amazon. We are doing something, I don't know, maybe similar, we're just doing the way that we're trying to help people and to see um, that they will make sure that the moment they, they'll decide and consider that, yeah, I probably want to start Amazon, they will be able to see like, okay, so they actually found the product in, like in public, oh, they launched it, oh, this product is making money, but if it's failed, it's failed, and like, well, we'll try over again. Uh, so yeah, yeah think, tell me, tell me more. Yeah, I, I think... Like, I love what you're doing there. Like, I, re I haven't been this excited about something in the, in the e-commerce space in a while, like what you're going to do with that product. I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, Ecom crew. They're, they're, uh, they're one of my favorite podcasts as well. Uh, they're doing the same thing. They purchased knitting.com and they're about to do a public, you know, launch of their, um, of their new brand in the knitting space. So for me, for me, launching a product means something a lot different than I think for most sellers. And I think my way of doing it, which I'd be happy to share is probably too slow or too boring for most people. And I get it. It's okay. But for example, I, I like the majority of my sales and the majority of my launches and everything, they stem from not sales, sales stem from Amazon, but the majority of my, inner workings of my business stem from my email. So I create, I create and scale email lists. That's sort of my superpower if I had to pick one. And, and then I divert those sales to Amazon. So I'm not as much of a slave to PPC on Amazon. I feel like as most people, or I don't, if somebody wants to play this sort of race to the bottom or like who's willing to make a penny and just ramp up their ads, I, I can play that because I could just as easily switch a few words in my email copy and get sales somewhere else until they get tired of the game. So for me to do that with this new brand, Fishdoc, I first need to build that engine. It's not as simple as just contacting a factory in China. So one of the things that I think is important is to purchase a memorable premium domain uh, to begin my content site. So I went out, negotiated fishdoc.com and that's where I'm going to begin building content. This is awesome. Well, first of all, uh, when you already at eight, low eight figures, high eight figures, nine figures, you can be slow. 
you have this opportunity. And second of all, I love the approach with um, building an email list. Um, I talked recently with um, to Sean Hart, and you probably know that this is the what they are doing is all this post purchase pro events and create an email list, making sure that everything will be uh, prepared to launch the new brand easily. And, uh, you know, you mentioned something that I love to share with my community. When you guys are building the brand, you have to buy very good domain with the history. And especially if this domain already been indexed uh, in a search engine somewhere like Google or some like maybe Pinterest, whatever, whatever, then it will make you the huge boost in the beginning of the sales. Of course, it's not for everyone. And if you have just like the small budget, you have to grow a little bit. But if you're already at the level like Carlos Alvarez and his team, then this is, it's, it's a great approach. I love it. So after you purchase the new brand name, uh, sorry, the main name, what's next? Um, one of the, and this is something I usually do before the domain name, but I, uh, first I agree a hundred percent with what you're saying, like that getting a, do purchasing a domain that's indexing uh, a premium domain like that. It, I think it gives you an unfair advantage, if you will, when you do that. And I know not everybody starts with a huge budget and, and I, I believe in trying to help everybody sell regardless of your budget, but the cost to, to really do some, some meaningful damage by way of profits in the private label landscape. Now it's not getting cheaper to do. So differentiating, creating content, premium domains, those things have price tags. And I feel if you, if you skip them, that's okay, but you wind up paying a lot more. You don't, you don't escape fully that that cost. It's like you could start an Amazon listing with mediocre images instead of great images. You could, you could, but your PPC is not going to convert as well, right? Correct. So you think you saved, I don't know, five hundred, a few hundred thousand dollars on on your images, but you're paying for that now in higher ad costs, poorer conversions, and you wind up paying significantly more than what you think you saved in the images. So I, my opinion, I don't know if we share that, but like my opinion with when it comes to molds, differentiation and, and these domains at first is that like you, this is giving me an advantage. I'm actually saving money Correct. because I'm doing this. Yeah, because you're doing a lot of job on the front end and you're investing more, more money in the front end to save on the back end and to make your life easier because the moment you start optimizing, genuinely speaking, I think the optimization is one of the worst headaches you can ever get on Amazon because it's very hard to fix the problem. It's much easier to prevent the problem. I agree a hundred percent. I think we have a lot in common when it comes to those things. Yeah, we do. <laughs> so, so next steps for me, and it's changed over the years when I've, when I've done this, but next steps for me, right now is I've already done um, keyword research. I've already gone through my checklist when it comes to, you know, picking a product. Um, what are the criteria that this product must have for me to get involved? So for me at this stage, after having a bunch of brands, um, this is my, this was my 17th exit. So I, I've done this a lot. And at this stage, I'm sort of in the position where I'm not, this next brand, I don't want to buy from China. Like nothing against it. You could still make Mexico? money. 
not even. I'm going to the U.S. And I, well, that was my initial criteria was the Americas. So like North America, South America, Central America. So Mexico's fine. Okay. But I, I like to sort of plan for success. So for me, that means let's, let's see if there's an option here in the U S the, the advantage here is that many of the products I'm going to start with are liquid. So, you know, the cost of even, right. So the cost of even building out a facility, like a factory to make my own stuff is going to run under 200,000 anyway. Again, that's not a small number, but it's not, it's something that's doable you know, with a, with a manufacturing loan and some really low interest rates. So I'm not going to start with a factory, but if it's liquid and there's certificates involved, the U S is probably the best choice. Right. Um, so I have that in my favor. So I was like, okay, I was able to find something in the Americas. The other thing that's important for me is that the product lends its, the brand lends itself well to an informational product. And this is something new for me since COVID hit seeing a lot of people with successful products around the time of, um, you know, what, what was the thing that Amazon said? Like your product had to be an essential or you couldn't yeah. send it to FBA. Like seeing a lot of really amazing people and brands scramble or die in that area yeah. made me think like, wow, like how come these businesses did not have an informational product that they could also sell that was not sort of hostage from uh, high shipping costs and crazy logistics. So Another criteria for me was that would there be courses that I could create that support my, my fish doc brand? And that would be, you know, aquarium hobbyists. And I saw that there was, so I'm like, wow, this would be great. I could create an amazing course. I could give it away as, you know, for free in exchange for an email win-win. So it fit all my criteria and I did the keyword research to sort of map out all my content site. What are those first keyword phrases I'm going to be going after? Um, what sort of domain authority do I need to have to really be relevant and trustworthy in Google's eyes to, to really go up against my competitors for those keyword phrases. And, and that's where I'm at. Um, I'm doing branding guidelines. Um, I'm going to do something new this time around. You decided to implement the info business and infrastructure into the actual brand and create a funnel with the, um, lead magnets that will convert even better than if people just going and lending into the uh, product listing page and just buying it. Absolutely. That's awesome. I was thinking actually about this approach uh, multiple times and um, I don't remember where I learned, but it was like years ago. If you want to sell something, create uh, the ebook and uh, just make some uh, description about it. But people are like, me included, people are lazy to create something useful about their product, but actually because nobody, not like nobody, but there's a very small amount of people doing it. So you have a big advantage to create the content about the product, like how you can take care about the aquarium, making sure it's not moldy or whatever, whatever. I'm not really the professional in the aquariums. I That's had a good one though. Yeah. So I, I had an aquarium once in my life uh, and uh, all fishes ate uh, each other and only one in the survival. <laughs> so I am the worst. 
I'm the worst. We that was our first experience with the animals uh, after kids been asking for the dogs, and we end up with two dogs at the end of the day. And hopefully so, the dogs did not eat themselves. Like no, the dogs no, are no. doing good. All right. <laughs> so thanks God they're doing great. Uh, they love each other. They love me. They love kids, and kids love them back. So, <laughs> but yeah, you're absolutely uh, right, and I understand why the process is kind of slowed down, uh, slower than it's probably possible. Uh, however, I have a question here. When you're creating all this infrastructure for your brand, who is taking care of it? There's there's different parts of it. So I'm a, Steve Simonson recently recommended this, this, this test that I highly recommend everyone take. And I'm saying this because I, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite. The majority of my life, I did not look at it this way but this is going to help me explain it better. So it's something called a Gallup strength finder assessment. So, you know, you, it's going to give you, it's like 40 bucks, but now it's mandatory throughout all my teams and anybody that I'm going to work with on a regular basis, I highly suggest that they take it. And what it does is it's going to let you know what your, your top five strengths are. So my number one strength is strategy. So I am the one who builds out the strategy that I just described. I am the one that identifies the keyword phrases that we're going to go after. I'm the one that identifies what I want this page to be structured like and why. But then, but then I hire people that are much better at me because if, if I love to write, but I don't write fast and the ROI is not good on it. Um, I, I hire people though that write just as good, but quicker than me and can understand the strategies that I've put in place. I hire graphics people for the graphics, you know, social media people for social media. So, so I hire, I hire them out. I don't do it all at once, but I, I hire it out and I set clear expectations of, you know, what success looks like for this role. And when I recognize that ROI, we, we build, we bolt on another role into the company. So the short answer is it's a team, but I just focus on the strategy portion of it. I love it. I love strategies as well. To create the strategy, knowing where you're going from A to Z. However, what um, kind of specialists you need to launch the brand successfully with the approach that you are using for? We're talking the pre-Amazon launch phase that I'm talking yes. about now. Yes. So yes, correct. You you need someone that understands uh, SEO, you don't have to be an expert. So I'm going to call it Google SEO. Uh, okay. you need someone that understands that to be honest, if you're uh, an intermediate or higher Amazon ads, um, person, you're going to be able to pick up SEO rather fast. I mean, that's what it is. It's keywords at the end it's of the day. Keywords, yeah. Just algorithm right. is a little bit different. Amazon is in the indexing products different way than Google, right. but yes, it is similar. Yeah. So if you, if you get that portion of it, it's going to be a lot easier for you to, to really get up to speed on the SEO. So you need someone for Google SEO. Um, I, I don't want to say a web dev person, but I suggest jumping on Fiverr and maybe getting somebody that can set up your WordPress site. You don't need a full-time person right now. Um, and then you want a blog writer uh, to start. Uh, yeah. that, that's a That's a great place to start. Later on, you can start getting into backlinks and guest posting and all that other stuff, but you want to start a blog. And most importantly, when you start that blog, you don't want, I'll, I'll use a bad example first, say wizardsofecom.com, which is the community site. 
I don't write any of those blogs. Those blogs are written to rank on Google. They're not shareable. You read them and it's like nothing that you would ever share with a friend. Like this is this amazing thing that changed my business. It's not like that. But when you're creating a content site, you want every single article you put out there. It's a piece of real estate that you're creating. You want it to be this high, high quality shareable asset. Otherwise you're just wasting your time. So right. you want a really good writer and you want someone that understands SEO. I agree. Uh, and it's usually two different people. So keep in mind, uh, I will add something here. Uh, SEO writer and content writer, those are two different people. And the SEO writers, uh, when they're creating something, you really don't want people read what they wrote because it's mostly to make sure your um, your website is ranking on a Google search. However, the content writer is making your website pretty and people actually want to keep learning more. So you're kind of supposed to separate those two, making sure the one is helping you to rank and another one is helping people to love you. Yeah, that's that's very well said. So the SEO writer is very easy to get. It's very easy to implement. Um, there's even, I don't have enough experience with it, but I know you know the my co-host on, on my podcast, Noemi. Noemi knows how to use, um, is it Jarvis? I think the name's changed Jarvis, a few times. Yeah. Jarvis so AI. Jar so you could crank out some SEO copy that way, but the content writer, that's going to be a lot more involved. It's going to be more expensive. Um, and that's the part I think, Isabella, you and I would probably uh, geek out the most about. Talk, that side talk a lot. <laughs> yes. So talking about the writers um, and about the actual content, because <clears throat> generally speaking, um, if we will talk about the average person, people are not happy to trust you immediately. So they are actually learning. And you probably noticed when people uh, been reaching out to you to some type of services for your help, for just something else, they've been learning about you a lot. And they've been watching your videos. They've been watching you on the stage. Uh, they've been like doing some research. So same things are happening with your brand, guys. So when you're uh, trying to create your brand, people are Googling. And unless your product costs less than your competitors and it's better than your competitor, you do not really have a lot of advantage to be bought uh, on the same level and the same volume like everybody else. So if... and Talking about this, what is um, what kind of content do you think people are supposed to release about their products, making sure that when they read it, they kind of they're increasing uh, this period, this period of time. Uh, they're not increasing; they're shortening the period of time of making the decisions uh, decision towards the product that they actually want to buy it. The moment they when they're doing their research and they found like, okay, I want to buy this rod for a fish that I'm going to like uh, to the deep, deep water next week. I want to buy this one. So what type of the content supposed to be there and how many articles probably supposed to pop up and where to make sure the person that these articles are guiding people to the purchase? It's a phenomenal question. It's got, it, there's several different answers for different parts of what you said. Um, the, the number one, and I don't like to give fluffy answers, so I'm going to try to do my best on, on this is, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. The, the number one part of that entire thing is trust. 
But you said in the beginning, if you don't have that trust, if uh, you, you or I, we, 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 you and I, we, we both spoke on stages, we have podcasts, people know us, but if they didn't, and we just started appearing on stage at a really, we were on like 50 stages in the next 60 days that would draw a lot of red flags, even though our content was amazing. It was like too much, too fast. And on the other side of that, for us, there's not enough time between presentations for you or I to improve our content, our delivery, um, get better at uh, answering those good questions. So trust is really important in the very beginning. Um, I think, I think the, how I approach it is the majority of my content is not selling something. There's other ways if, if, if there's this need to monetize, which in the beginning I do, I, I want to monetize the content to offset the costs of my, my team of creators as fast as possible. But there's, there's ads that can be done on your content site. There's affiliate plays that you can do on the content site. Um, in the very, very beginning, um, trust is everything. So, so that's, the, that's the first part of, uh, of what you said. I spent, I, I dove so deep into that one. I'm trying to remember the second part of, of the all second, the types. Do the, you want me to help? Yes. Okay. So when we're building this trust, like I was building my trust and you've been building your trust. Uh, in my case, it was terrible because I had to build trust in Russia. And then when I moved to United States, I was like, oh, damn, I don't have trust here. I have to build it again. Yeah, <laughs> so Everybody had, trusts you. Well, thank you, but I had to build it twice. So, um, and in your case, when you've been building it like years and years and years, and like your community is the largest Amazon communities community in the United States, to my knowledge. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so nobody is bigger. I don't know anybody else who has an office in Miami that like just for the networking, not for anything else, right? Am, am I mistaken? Right. That's yeah. Correct. Yeah. So. And when we're talking about the products and product launching, so what type of the content supposed to be there and how it's supposed to be searchable, searchable like what we supposed to include into the content and like, like tell us more about it, please. Perfect. Thank, thank you for that. Because I was drawing a blank. It's, this is the part that's going to be hard not to be fluffy and not sound just like a marketer, but I the two biggest sources of inspiration for me when it comes to what type of content I should create. There's a balance between just pure SEO and content, but the two biggest resources that have influenced me are one is a book called They Ask, You Answer. So I'm going to create content that answers the questions that people have, not what I think. And I'm not going to prioritize what Google is saying initially. Like uh, there's a percentage that's going to go towards that. But I want to answer the questions that people are asking right now. And the other one is value, which sort of ties hand in hand with what, what I just mentioned. They ask, you answer. If someone wants to know how to install a thermostat um, and you sell a component that goes with that thermostat, create the best video, blog, whatever, of how to install that thermostat. So they asked, you answer. And believe me. If you solve this problem and the person's thermostat's working and their your husband and wife and kids and everybody's happy with the air condition, you're going to be remembered. Like <laughs> they're going to want to buy from you later on. And and the other part is Pat Flynn. He's a uh, he's like one of the OGs when it comes to podcasting. He has a podcast called uh, Smart Passive Income. He 
he influenced me a lot when it came to the email side of things and content. And that is again, value. So his, his, his initial email was teaching people how to podcast, but in the first email, what he gave you was a transcript on how to contact whatever cable service provider you had and use this script to get a lower rate on your monthly cable bill. So he knew everyone who's consuming this has probably has cable and everyone wants to lower it. He created a script, he gave it to you. And now all of a sudden, even though the thing you were talking to this person about was say aquariums or thermostats or whatever, in, in addition to answering that, he gave you a win that saved you money. So I try to pull that off in the content. Those are the two biggest influencers. And then the other one, they ask you answer, look on Reddit, look on Quora, look on answer the public, look at the frequently asked questions on Amazon, look at the reviews, all that, create a piece of content on it, solve it. At the end of the day, Google likes amazing stuff that people share and keep going back to. I agree. Uh, and here's also the question, like, first of all, it's a great one. You can uh, complement your uh, article with something else. It's like, oh, Carlos Alvarez is going to be probably on the Helium 10 Summit. And also, uh, yesterday he met, I don't know, someone else, and they talked about, they spoke about the new brand launching that will bring them $10 million in the next three months. And it's kind of two contents that will complement each other, and people probably will want to know about the new brand and the Helium 10 Summit that is happening in uh, September 2022 of 2022. <laughs> um, so where is the line inside of the article or, or video content or Instagram post, whatever, any content we're doing, where we're doing, we're trying to provide the most value and we're not trying to be pushy with selling. So how we supposed or we're not supposed to avoid these turns that will scare people and blow them away that they don't want to talk to us anymore. I rarely sell in my content on the content site. Rarely ever. I'm going to say in the way most people consider selling, I don't ever do it, but there is the occasional link to a product or a link to a list of products that my product is mixed in with a lot of other high value products that you might need for that fishing trip. You know, that, that, that you mentioned where I, sell is in my email. So when I'm creating this content and let's say the piece of content was on, um, let's just use fish dock in the aquarium and it's targeted towards beginners. I know from personal experience that setting up that initial aquarium is an intimidating experience. There's a lot of stuff. You can't just go buy fish and water and put them together. So I create this checklist that somebody can get if they give me their email and I send them this checklist. So once I have them in my email, I continue to make sure that the, the ratio of content is always greater than selling, but it's in the email that I sell. I don't think there really is uh, an acceptable sell ratio on the front-facing piece of content that's going, uh, that the person's consuming. In, in my opinion, I know there's exceptions and you could do it. Yeah. The thing is, you're not going to hit a hundred percent of everyone. So that means every article you put out is alienating a percentage of the people that you possibly paid to get here. Um, so I sell in the email 
and I just provide pure value and things that make you want to get on my email on the content side. Okay, sounds good. Um, you like again, you're launching the fish dog. I'm super excited. I want to know more about this brand and what is coming and how it will help all people who are going to fish or like they're going to work with the insects. I don't know what is going on there. However, the question is, how um, how many products are you going to launch in the beginning initially uh, during your when you when when you start uh, the fish dog? I'm going to launch three. Um, okay. They're different. And then three parent, uh, talking Amazon, I guess, three parent ASINs. Um, each one's probably going to have three to four variations to them. Um, okay. I may do two, um, but possibly three. Uh, and, and then one of, the, one of the things I require before I get into a niche is that I have the ability to go 40 wide. So within this niche, are there 40 other complementary products that I can add? In all honesty, I've never made it past like 15 and then I wind up exiting. So, but the idea in the beginning is, is there enough meat on the bone here for me is, can I identify 40 other products that would be worthwhile for me to launch? And all of them are going to be uh, sourced from United States. I don't know. That's not a requirement. Um, and also I, I love China. I have a ton of friends in China. I think they're amazing. I, I, I trust them more than I trust people in the U S like, so wow. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not anti-China at all. And I'm not saying, you know, sourcing the U S or the Americas out of some sense of patriotism. It's not that it's just, it's, it's a lot more complicated right now in the sense of tying up capital. And I, I don't want to order 500 units, 2000 units of some widget and, you know, wait four months for it to get right. from factory to FBA. There's just there's just other options out there. So I'm not opposed to when things get back to whatever normal is that we we revisit China. There's some tools that can be used in the aquarium space that I, I don't know who would be able to make that outside of China right now. I'd look at Mexico first, but I don't know. Yeah, you're definitely the one and only with a lot of things. Like uh, I never heard from anybody that people trust uh, China more than the United States. Uh, I usually hear the opposite side and, uh, well, you're one of the, as I said, one and only who can yeah, provide but you know, an example. A lot of people are saying that, but they say it because they either purchase counterfeit goods. So they have this thing in their head, like, oh, I buy knockoff purses or something. And I know that kind of stuff goes on over there. Or they were people that just really didn't have good business acumen. And they just randomly sent a PayPal transfer or a Western union over to some random person on Alibaba. And they just, they try to get that 1% and spread it out across all of China. But the fact is, if you, I've gotten lost in China, I've been to China a ton and I get lost in China at 1am and it doesn't matter where in China I am. I have found somebody that would like drive me 45 minutes to my place that doesn't happen in a lot of spots in the U.S., you know? Oh, yeah. here And I've in, definitely been ripped off more in the U.S. than I have in China. So that's what I'm basing it off of. Well, I agree here. Um, no, no, nothing to add at this point. Um, timeline. This is what I, I was making notes when you've been uh, uh, providing the very, very cool content. The timeline of launching these three products and additional 40 
what you said probably 15 and then you're going to exit it. Well, I, I've, I've never started a business with the exit in mind like that, that story. So <laughs> I, I, I do it the wrong way. I started imagining my great grandkids working the business and it's a family business and that's what allows me to emotionally connect. But it's just happened to be that I get to about 13 to 16 products and I wind up exiting. So no intention to exit right now. The timeline to launch the first products is going to be, it's usually six, it's four to eight months. Uh, it looks like six to eight months. Mm -hmm. um, and to be fair, I'm already four months behind just because everything else going on in my life, kids switching schools and just things that I've not had to deal with before. Also working in public, like planning to do this in public, I have to think about I want to document everything, but I also don't want to set myself up to have a million people listening to me just yeah. bombard my factory, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's an, there's a lot of extra steps that I've not had to deal with before. So six to eight months in the first products will, will be out. And then I do not have a timeline that I must launch the next product by. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I've never, ever, ever been a fan of that. And I just, I do all of my research ahead of time. I know what a winner is. I know what it looks like, smells like, tastes like, and, and I launch those. I'll so add I, on as I need. Are you going to uh, reanalyze the products before you're going to place the order? Because if you're already a little bit behind and it will take another six to eight months, with that, which is absolutely fair and I understand it. Uh, are you going to reanalyze the keywords and the market and everything else before you're actually place an order uh, with the factory, making sure that everything is in place? I highly suggest people do that depending on like how they're, how they're sourcing products. Um, I didn't pick an easy category. I picked a category that's very hard. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'm opening up a physical store like an, aqu an aquarium store to sell oh, to people, to leverage Groupon, to build my email list. I, I already have contacts in big box retail stores. Um, I already know how to build an email list. So I'm getting into a very competitive category. I know it. And I'm super confident that I can go head to head with my competitors. Very similar to, you know, I don't suggest anybody launch yoga mats. It's super oh, competitive. So it's hard. hard. Right. But, but if for some reason, I'm too big and fat, but like if for some reason I decided I wanted to start doing yoga and downward facing dog and I wanted to launch that product, I personally would not be intimidated by the competition level on Amazon. I'm going to, I'm going to open a yoga studio. I'm going to create yoga courses and I'm going to use that to fuel my launch. Now, if I was getting into this and my only weapon in my entire arsenal was Amazon PPC, now you'd be in for a really, really big problem. Yeah. So I'm going to re I'm going to look at the keywords again. Um, I think it could only get better. The last time I looked at them, it was like, this is going to be hard. Um, but that's what I'm looking for right now. I'm not looking for easy. Yeah. This is what happened when you are, uh, when you already achieved a lot of things, when you have a budget to do that, when you have a lot of strength yeah. and you have a lot of experience and, uh, you are not scared to do some difficult stuff. And, when I was teaching people, which was happening for like 21 years, I was telling guys, uh, I can do that. You cannot. 
because till you will actually gain some experience, you cannot do something hard. You are not going to do acrobatics if you never did stretching uh, in a gym. So please make sure you're managing your expectations. And Carlos Alvarez is a very good example who is uh, who started the business, who exited the business 17 times, right? You said, 17 yeah, brands, seven, yeah, 17 brands. And right now he is launching the very difficult uh, brand in a very, very high competitive um, category where he is using the absolutely different approach, not like everybody else. And this is the, I think this is the best way to go to the wilderness when you understand that uh, you are not going to use just the moonlight. You already know uh, what the right uh, path there and where you're going to make a right turn because you've been there already multiple times. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing everything today. And uh, I am impressed. First of all, I'm, I, I am super happy and I was smiling this whole time because we finally met. <laughs> uh, you're not that scary like I thought. Uh, super approachable. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm very short and uh, sometimes I'm really scared of tall people. So <laughs> and when I see them, I'm like, oh, damn, I, I probably I will wait. I will say hi the other day. <laughs> so, yeah, you're very approachable, super, um, super confident in what are you doing. And it's very nice to talk to you. And I want to talk more and I wanted to discuss more things. And probably we can launch something together. I love it. In and my, my community loves you. I hope when you come down to Miami that you can present. You know, Amy and I uh, speak about you all the time. You're brilliant. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, my, this is Naomi's word, brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> yes, brilliant. You're brilliant. Um, so keep being you. Keep doing this podcast. Keep crushing it. Um, I, I do look forward to potentially collaborating on some stuff together. Uh, I love it. I love all you guys doing. It's also brilliant. It's super brilliant. I will never be able to say with Naomi's accent, but it's 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 unique how all you are, guys. Um, talk to you soon. And again, thank you for joining me today. And under this video, guys, you will see the link to Wizards of Amazon. And don't forget to subscribe to their channel, to their podcast. It's super valuable, very interesting. They have much more episodes that I do because I watched it a little bit later. However, you will find a lot of value on their podcast and in their community as well. And talk to you all soon. Thank you so much.